with the number one pick of the 2017 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns take Deshaun Watson. That's right. I'm locking in right now because they need a quarterback. They're not going to draft anyone else. And he'll probably be out of the league in three years because that's what all Browns draft picks do. That's right. We're talking about the biggest NFL draft bus uh, on today's breakdown, episode four. My name is Zane. I'm Todd. Josh. Boys, are you ready to talk some football? Let's do it. Are you ready for some football? I'm ready for some football. I got three games in yesterday. I think everyone did, the whole nation. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, And I guess the best place to start is with just what what do you guys consider a draft bus is it just a player who doesn't isn't like hall of famer or is it someone who washes out of the league is it someone who just doesn't live up to expectations i mean the expectations for a number one draft pick are mighty high um and can your bus be at number two can it be a number three i feel like a, a draft bus sets back a franchise um it really like you they a lot of GMs I think are scared to take them. It's like the most terrifying thing in sports is to take an one pick, I think. Unless you have like a LeBron James. Not football, but or a Peyton Manning. Or but even with Peyton Manning, there was Ryan Leaf and everyone mm-hmm. was debating it. I remember I was like twelve or something, but I remember the debate was who's gonna be better in the NFL, Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. That was like a real conversation. And one guy went on to win a couple of Super Bowls, be a Hall of Famer, and the other guy was out of the league by the year 2000 when he was drafted in 1998. And a bum. And yeah, stealing drugs and going to jail. <laughs> I mean, but then you have guys like Mario Williams, drafted number one in 2006, defensive ends. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been okay. Is he? But he's kind of bust-ish. Yeah. He's been on a couple of different teams, and mm-hmm. he definitely won't make the Hall of Fame at this point, I don't no. think. And then you have a guy like I'm like I've mentioned in our pre-show meeting, we'll call it <laughs> Alex Smith, who has been really solid. Um, but I still don't think he's going to be a hall of famer. No, cause he was okay in San Francisco. You know, he didn't really live up to the number one hype in San Francisco. And then the best year they had Colin Kaepernick took over. for. Yeah. So and he's done better with the chiefs, but he's, he's like a game manager. Yeah. You know, he's not going to win you a game. He's just going to kind of, guide do, you do, through the game yeah do yeah. do solid for the defense to win it for you but even with a guy like uh, andrew luck who for sure number one you think this guy hits all the check marks he's gonna be a hall of famer he's gonna win a super bowl he's gonna win an mvp and he's played well his first couple of seasons were crazy good but then he's also been injured and then, so do you count injuries against the player whenever you're talking about a draft bust yeah because i think part of it too comes down to what situation you're in Maybe if Luck was on a team with an offensive line with maybe a bit of a better defense, we might be saying this guy's a for sure Hall of Famer. But since he's on the Colts, where they have a shitty GM who should probably be fired because there's no more talent on that team, he's not looking like people thought he was going to before the draft. I guess, Todd, what you could really say is that his luck has run out. I (sighs) wanted to punch you in the face right now. Wow. (laughs) He went there. But then fruit. the GM gets a pass because he drafted Andrew Luck. But right. it, that's like the most blind, like easy to easy easy draft to make. A child could have made that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people did argue Robert Griffin the third, but I don't think anyone thought anyone legitimately thought he should go over Andrew Luck that no. year. No. I mean RG three though, he had a breakout first year. That dude was on fire. And that's fire. another thing. He, it, would he would that have continued if he didn't bust his knee in the, that first season? Or I mean, if they didn't mismanage him busting his knee and rushing back early when he wasn't ready. Yeah, plus he had like no support from the coaching staff and the owner tried to butt in too much. The whole situation in Washington was pretty messy. But I mean, I feel like in Cleveland, he's probably gotten a pretty free reign and injuries again. Mm-hmm. Plus, even whenever he did kind of get, they gave it back to him in Washington on that last year. He, you could tell he wasn't the same yeah. like as that first that rookie that rookie season he wasn't yeah. the same yeah i would say with rg3 though i think a lot of it had to do with that first year getting to his head you know what i mean like he came out being so good and according to everyone else he's just like so full of himself so that might have con- contrary that's the thing about all these like you know all a, there's so much pressure on like going first round i mean not not even just first pick 
I mean, you got to have the mental stability. You got to have the durability, you know, physically. You have to have the drive. You have to have the size. I know it's just crazy. It's like there's so many things that go wrong. It doesn't it doesn't surprise me that there's so many people that are considered busts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, I don't know. It's crazy because then then you find the gems in like round six, like Tom Brady or in round four, I think, with that Dak Prescott now. Like, yeah. Uh, well, Russell Wilson was three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it almost seems like that, you know, I don't even care about first round, especially, you know, being a Cardinals fan because of, as of late, you know, Jonathan Cooper, Robert Kimdichie, like these guys haven't really made an impact. Beanie Wells. <laughs> Beanie, Beanie Wells. Matt Leinert, <laughs> the biggest of the, of the busts. And I knew you were going to say that because you'd mentioned it before when we talked about this. My only problem with calling Matt Leinert a bust is it didn't set the franchise back. They were in the Super Bowl three years later. Yeah, that, that was kind of dumb luck, though. I mean, it was dumb luck. I mean, they 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 signed Kurt Warner to back him up. Well, and he to, ended up stealing. To, 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 to be fair, Zane, it's kind of hard to set a franchise back when you're already in the shithole. So I mean, like, <laughs> you, I mean, you kind of once you're at rock bottom, you can't go but much lower. But you say lower. that. But look at the Browns. Every time they draft someone big, it doesn't work out, and they're they're still where they are. They're just the Browns. Cursed. What they? I think they've had one. I I wish I would have looked it up. Because I'm gonna harp on them hard because they're the worst drafting team on the planet. But they, I think they've had like one winning or 500 season since they were reinducted into the the NFL. That's ridiculous. It's I'm a pathetic. Dolphins fan. It's not even that bad for the, us. Well, they're they're. I think it was 1999. It was their first year back. Yeah. They had they drafted Tim Couch, which is another draft bust. Yeah. But that was like his. That was like the one good year he had, and they got to the playoffs that year. And then it was nothing after that. Yeah. So they kind of yeah. So. It's so that's that's what I'm saying with like Matt Liner is is it it didn't work out and I don't know if you've like listened to him recently I actually listened to him recently talk about like his whole experience in the NFL and and with the Cardinals specifically and he said he's like yeah and it, it's kind of what you were alluding to some he was like some of it was on me he's like that the first season I wasn't preparing as well as I should. oh yeah he's a party I wasn't, boy I wasn't doing that I wasn't doing that he's like but. I changed it up and and I got and you know I tried and then from the get go Ken didn't want to draft me Wizen Hunt didn't want to draft me he had, he was stuck with me and it he just used every excuse he could to make sure I like and I granted some of that's going to be biased on what his point of view but they didn't get along right. Wizen Hunt didn't want to draft him so because you know he he showed some flashes in some of those games we were like damn this guy has the great arm he has the pocket presence. And then he broke his collarbone, and that was, and he was never, that was the, and that's he was what never he says, the same after that. That's what he said in the the interview I heard was he's like, once I broke my collarbone, it was it was done after that. He's like, I was never the same guy. Yeah, because he's a lefty, honestly. <laughs> Actually, no, uh, you know, Matt Leinart's interesting, but what's more interesting is that all the busts that seem to come out of USC. I mean, there's a ton of them. Mark Sanchez bust. Uh, who else has come out of USC? Matt Barkley. Recently? Matt Barkley. Yeah, who's kind of. You know, they turn to like journeymen. They're just they, you even know. Uh, Cody Kessler, who wasn't drafted in the first round, is he's on the oh, he, he's on the Browns. Yeah, he not, is. Well, even <laughs> he look, he looks promising, but you know, I don't know. Even Reggie Bush, who dominated in Another college, USC. there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah I'm just thinking was, quarterbacks, but yeah, yeah, yeah right. he he was amazing in college. One of the all time great college players. He was watching and him in college. Was there was a lot of debate on if he should go number one, and people thought the Texans were going to take him number one, and then they took Mario Williams number one. Yep. And Bush has been an okay player, but not not anywhere near. People thought he was going to be like Adrian Peterson. I think. Well, I think the problem with Bush, and it's going to go to what we were talking about with being being used in like a system. The problem with Bush is they drafted him. It was the Saints, and they wanted to put him up the middle. You know, thirty plays a game, and he yeah. was never that. He was never that running back. Adrian Peterson is that running back. Mm-hmm. You can run Adrian Peterson in a brick wall, and he's gonna he's gonna get you yards. Yeah, <laughs> but, this is a funny mental picture. <laughs> All right, coach, I'll do it again. <laughs> He's, he'll stiff arm the brick wall and literally move it and go, <laughs> go right. Uh, Bush was a guy who was always going to be better coming out of a backfield and around the end. And whenever he got to Miami, the only good years Miami had was whenever they had Reggie Bush and uh, and Ricky Williams, and they were they were they would use the running backs properly. Ricky Williams was a up the middle guy. Reggie Bush was a around the outside guy. So you're right; it's it's systems too, but you would think with the when you're talking about quarterbacks and you're talking about the programs these guys are coming out of, like I just feel like pres- 
the pressure of it's a cop out. Like when you're playing on Florida State and your only chance at like a national championship is to be number one all year. Like they know what it's like to play with pressure. They know what it's like to be well, in these situations. And you're playing in front of a hundred thousand people every game. Yeah. You know? True. But I think that weeds out the mentally uh immature people because they let that kind of shit get to their head and then they end up, oh, I was drafted number one. Like, you know, of course I'm good. And then you end up partying like Matt Liner and sit on the bench. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem with a lot of these guys. Like, it, it, I mean, look at James Winston in college. Like, he was all like big man on campus stealing crab legs and whatnot. <laughs> but, you know, that guy's an example of someone who turned it around and is like really humble and stuff now. He got all that stuff out of his system, and once he got in the NFL, he kind of straightened out. But is the humble up. real then, though? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he there was just a report on like a couple weeks ago. He he wrote a letter to each of his linemen, or each of the actually, I think it was each of the team members saying like he just had was thankful for like playing with those people on his team. Like, I mean, he's definitely like a leader. I mean, when the Cardinals played him this season. I mean, he was getting pummeled and sacked and everything. I mean, it's a car- that's going to be the Cardinals' best game of the year uh, of this season. But you know, he was going out there and he was like, he was like genuinely looking disappointed that he didn't make a pass or he didn't. I, I, you could see it on his face; like he's definitely grown up. And I think that a lot of people that end up being bust, that's the main problem: is that they're they're not they don't grow up enough to be in the NFL. Like they don't take it seriously enough. I mean, look at Johnny Manziel. I mean, he's another one. That's big bust. I mean, well, maybe I guess not really, but that's a that's. I guess that's another thing that I I think works into the bust thing is, what if it's someone that clearly shouldn't be drafted in the first? Tim Tebow, like yeah. he got drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. He never should have been. Yeah, all the analysts were were on it. Anyone who watched some football was on it, but he got drafted in the first round. You know, uh, like we were talking about uh, with. Uh, who did I say? Uh, Jamar- Jamarcus Russell is the biggest example of that. The only person on the planet who thought he should be drafted number one was Al Davis. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Al Davis. And he had the number one pick. If Al Davis didn't have the number one pick that year, Jamarcus Russell, if Al Davis didn't have a pick in the first three rounds, Jamarcus Russell would have never got drafted. Well, you know Al Davis, he gets all his advice from his bowl cut. <laughs> Weird. It, it makes the Jamarcus Russell pick even worse too because the Lions took Calvin Johnson number two yeah who was the best wide receiver in football for 10 years it's a so I mean imagine what the Raiders could have done probably nothing but if they had had <laughs> Calvin Johnson I mean the same I mean, who, about the same the Lions who knows? did yeah pretty much true um but that's another hard thing is is taking a receiver or a running back number one mm-hmm. or in in the top 10 because you got to be damn sure they're going to be a starter like for a they've long got time. you got to know they're going to be a hall of famer well, see, I would argue that anybody you take in round one should be a starter. Like the fact, okay, let's take this year, for example. Which, okay, taking this year and going also going back, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, right? They mm-hmm. debated which one's going to be. And a lot of the things were, they were saying, whoever, you know, it doesn't matter who number one takes, whoever gets number two, they're going to be fine too. Like they're yeah. both going to be fine. So if you go to this year, that's what they were saying about Goff and Wentz, who also went one and two. They were saying, you know, our... Are the Rams going to take, you know, or are they going to take this guy? You know, it, well, it doesn't matter because they're both they're both supposedly ready. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at Carson Wentz, who went two, who he's been solid. I mean, yeah, he he had great starts. I mean, he played on the Eagles and they were kind of dumpy, but and he's he was been playing able to, right away too. Right, you know, he started like he should. I mean, he number two in the whole class, right? You should definitely be a starter at that point, Ryan. Or uh, was it Ryan? Jared Goff. Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Jared Goff. The Rams just sat him, and he, you know, rode the pine for nine games or whatever. Behind Cody Kessler, who is a terrible quarterback. No, behind Case Keenum. Case yeah, Keenum. Case Keenum. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, he's awful. So finally, you know, he finally gets his first start more than halfway in the season, and he's awful. Like he just doesn't have a great game, and it's like it's weird because they kind of you look at well, Miami, Manning Miami and, shut him down. Let's. Let's give credit where credit's due. Says you. Uh, well, the, the, the analysts are also saying that the Rams in that game and Goff's first start, they had like the most simple passing attack that they've seen in the NFL in years. They tried to make it extremely simple for, for Goff to get adjusted. I think and he had it, like 38 yards the first half or something. And at this like point in the season, like he should be able to pick up the playbook. He should know the, he should know the plays. I he feel should like have some kind of rapport with the players by now. 
these guys these guys coming out though they should be able to do that right i understand it's hard i understand there's a learning curve i understand it's an nfl quarterback and it's one of it's probably the most important position in sports but like they should be ready for this do you think that the do you think that these guys like you were saying zane a lot of people shouldn't be drafted in like the first round do you think a lot of that is just built up by like because you know, from from when this from the when the Super Bowl's over to the oh, week before the draft, yeah. it's just like this guy's mock draft, this guy's mock draft, this guy's they have to have something to fill all that time with yeah. because you know it's a twenty four hour sports network. So like do you think a lot of that is just a product of hype? Hype and do you think the teams actually fall Oh for, for that sure. Hype? Oh for sure. There I, I guarantee there's a cut of the, the GMs in the NFL who they have scouts. They have all these people. But if they hear Mel Kiper go, you know what? Number one should be this guy. And I know Mel Kiper and Todd McShay and these guys, they get their information from GMs, but not all GMs. And I know there's GMs that, lo- that look at these and they're like, you know, if these guys have them this high, um, we might want to look at that. I'm not saying these GMs are dumb or, or anything like that, but it's I'll hard. I'll say they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's also hard because you're you're in the job of building a good football team. But you're also kind of in the job of like almost like the entertainment industry. Like you have a fan base to please. Like you want to be liked. So whenever your fan base is saying draft, you know, draft golf number one or Manziel one, yeah, or draft Manziel or or draft Tebow, you like a part of you is listening to that. A part of you is like, man, like I'm gonna get a lot of cheers whenever they read that name and my name's under it. Like you know, this guy drafted this guy. It makes you wonder with like the the Cardinals a few years ago when we had Fitzgerald, you know, Bolden was gone. There's a lot of talk about, well, we need to take a wide receiver in the first round. We have to take a wide receiver. So we need someone to take the pressure off of Fitz. And then they go and they draft Michael Floyd, who's been okay, but not great. You know, and you look back and well, maybe, maybe they should have taken an offensive lineman or maybe they should have taken a cornerback or, or whatever. But maybe, maybe part of the pressure got to them, got to then GM Rod Graves He's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe maybe I need a, a wide receiver. And there was talk at the time that maybe Fitz was telling them, you know, you also need to draft a wide receiver because, you know, I'm getting double teamed every match. I can't I can't take this anymore. I think that I think honestly, I think the first round should be all linemen because they are, you know, you said quarterbacks one of the most important, but you can't do anything about line. I mean, you look at last year, the Cardinals record and what they did with their offense. Compared to this year, when you know, you know, the center retired, so they had to get a new center. They injuries on the guard and on the tackles. Like you don't have anything. You look at the Cowboys, who's got one of the most solid offensive lines. You put Dak and Ezekiel Elliott behind there, two rookies. Oh man! And, and look what they can do. Dak just made it a million times harder for every rookie coming in from this year on. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Night rattling off nine wins and looking like a pro, like. At now, like if it was already a lot for quarterback uh, draftees to look to to live up to, now that a rookie's come in and had a season after you know Robert Griffin had his huge rookie season, and Andrew Luck had a solid rookie season, and now in a lot of these newer quarterbacks coming in the league and having really good rookie seasons, now this rookie season and he's not done winning. Like he's oh, going to yeah. win at least well, a few more. Well, yeah, just wait until just wait till you know they drop the banner if, and say the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Like it's if they yeah, if they go to the playoffs now. in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl on the back of this rookie quarterback. It's be crazy. I mean, remember uh, Ben Roethlisberger's rookie mm-hmm. season? He rattle off a 15 win season. It's but I I don't know, it felt like it didn't have the same I guess maybe it did. It didn't have quite the same impact cuz Ben Roethlisberger wasn't a big name. I guess Dak really isn't either. But well, but you know at least Roethlisberger was drafted fairly high. Dak fell Dak in the fourth wasn't. round. Yeah, and Roethlisberger played at a small small college, and he was okay but not great. But the Steelers obviously saw something in him. Same with the Cowboys and Prescott because he he didn't do that great in college. Yeah, I feel he, like he, he was, had one solid. He one he was really he was, he was a, a good quarterback, but not great. He wasn't even considered a top five quarterback in that class. But the Cowboys saw just enough in him, and I'm sure if they're being honest, they didn't expect him to do oh, this well. Sure. Even even now, you know, even probably three years from now, they they couldn't have hoped for him to. to well, no, because Rome, Romo was still supposed to be playing. You mm-hmm. know, you know. Um, I mean, to be fair though, Romo was having like a Hall of Fame year before he went down. Romo's a good quarterback. You mean I think preseason? He gets shit what? on a lot, but... You mean the preseason? No, I mean, uh, like, two years ago. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> before he broke his collarbone twice that yeah. the year before oh, okay, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've always thought Roman was a good quarterback. It's the line, dude. Like that's why I think like. But it's not. That's not a fun pick, you know. You right. That's want, what I mean. Like you don't want your team no, to go up there and, and pick a lineman. I know, but at the same time, it's like you know, you, like you're saying, you got to please a fan base. I remember that's the way to please a fan base. Well, is and, a solid. Team. And not just that, but they the linemen have just as much of a mortality rate as quarterbacks. You look at the. There's a lot of offensive tackles that go number one, number two, number three, and I think more times than not, especially the last five or six years, they just don't pan out. They wind up being moved to right tackle instead of left tackle, or they wind up getting benched or they get moved around, they get traded. I think it's really hard to find great offensive linemen. I think what makes like the best type of draft pick is the type like you were saying about Dak. The best type the best type of draft pick is the best type of player who you you expect them to do a certain level and they just like way exceed it. I mean that's why I think people in the later rounds are the ones to really look at like the Tom ones Brady. I or yeah, or even Russell Wilson around three. Your jersey's like, sake, you know Tyron Matthew. Yeah, like, did they, he got drafts. I mean, granted, he had some a lot of off the field stuff, and I think if it he was, wasn't, he's yeah, kind of small, so there was some concern about his durability. I think if it wasn't for all the marijuana issues and then him getting suspended from school, I think he would have been for sure, probably at least a late first round pick, and maybe if the you know who knows if the Cardinals didn't draft him the third, who knows. Maybe he wouldn't have been drafted at all. Maybe he would have fell to the fourth or fifth or not drafted at all. But because the Cardinals had the Patrick Peterson connection, they obviously felt like, like he they could had, help. Yeah, they felt in, like yeah. there was enough of a connection there and enough maturity issues there that they could take a gamble on it. And it obviously what, worked out. Here's what I'm talking about with the lineman one, though. So 2008 rolls around. Uh, Dolphins fresh off of 1 and 15 season. <laughs> Woo! One in uh, week 13, I believe, against the Ravens. Thanks for that one. Damn. Um, lame. First pick comes around, hyped, amped, Jake Long. I'm sitting there watching. First time I get to see a number one draft pick for my team, Jake Long. Lineman out of Michigan. Michigan. Um, Son of how? Do you know who went two picks later? Anyone tell me? (laughs) Third pick? Matt Ryan. One thing Dolphins have needed since Marino retired. Are they in the same year? They were in the same year. They were two picks apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, Matt Joe Ryan. Flacco went in that draft. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of fan of him, but he you, went like 13th. Hey, you mean Joe Flacco? This generation's Trent Dilfer. I don't care. Oh Chris God. Johnson. Chris so, Johnson, not bad. And I mean, Jake Long was it was. I guess it was a solid pick, but they still didn't do anything. I mean, they went 11 five the next year, but that was because they did the dual running backs and who was their quarterback at the time? Do you remember? Was it Pennington? I think it was still Pennington. So. Another Michigan not like they, guy. Yeah, not like they had a solid. Yeah, they had a Marshall. Yeah, that's actually. hard. I mean, I mean, there's that's why I think the Browns are always perennial losers. They're just they're they're, you know, it's one thing to like to be a team and you're just missing a couple pieces, and you know you pick a lineman and that's like the missing piece you need or whatever. But to always be in a state of shit like the Browns are, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard to. You know, they have all these number one picks or whatever, but it's just hard because, yeah, you pick that one guy, and yeah, that guy's good, but it don't matter if you don't have no one blocking yeah, for him it's, or it's you know, not, vice versa. It don't matter if you have people blocking if there's if you have Case Keenum in the back. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's not like basketball. If you draft LeBron James, that team is instantly well, a look playoff, at playoff contender. The perfect example of that is with LeBron James. Look at the 2007 finals. He took the Cleveland Cavaliers to the finals, and the next best player on the team was uh, Big Z, Exalxis. I don't know how to say his name. Who's the center? They had Mo Williams. I've heard, of that, I've heard of that guy. See, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not too big in shooty hoops, but I've heard of that guy. <laughs> but yeah, in basketball, it is different. You can get one player, you know, and, you know, not every player is LeBron James, number one pick, but it all it takes is one really great player in the NBA. If you can draft the best player ever, best football player ever. It'd still be terrible. Yeah, you need a minimum of three to four years to really rebuild your team. Unless you have someone come in that is like a top five, top three or five coach that can just change the whole game plan, like Jim Harbaugh culture, yeah. or Bruce Arians. You need someone. Or Rob Rob Chudzinski. <laughs> Jesus. Or uh, <laughs> Pete Carroll. You know, these, these guys are some of the greatest coaches in football today, college and pro, and they can just change the whole culture. They can change everything about the team from top to bottom. Um, what was the guy's name? 
last year, uh, Carl from Aquatine Hunger Force on the 49ers. Oh, my God. Jim Tomsula. Jim oh, Tomsula. That's, yeah. an, that's another game changer right there. <laughs> yeah, and it also only takes one bad coach to completely undo Everything. a great team. Everything. Can't wait to know. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like they had a great run before that. Steve Spagnola. Ken Wisenhunt, he of the, uh, I think he won like three of his last 38 games that he coached. It was, <laughs> some, it was some ridiculous number counting, like that. Are you counting on the Titans? Yeah, the yeah. Titans and the Cardinals. Brutal. Uh, what they had Denny Green before that, so it's not like it's not like they went from Bill Belichick to, <laughs> to you know, someone bad. Um, oh, wait, RIP. He died, right? Yeah, yeah. Bad now. sadly. Mm-hmm. This I feel year, bad. RIP. 2016 sucks. Port one out. 2016's been wretched, man. Yeah. Speaking of the draft, <laughs> yeah, because we got one quarterback who Goff. I don't know, man. I wasn't sure about him coming out. I watched him a few times in college. He seems small, and he's coming from Cal, which never produces good quarterbacks, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Um, and then Wentz, who came from South Dakota State University, which granted they haven't lost a game in like five years, and they've won like five championships in a row. SDSU. <laughs> And then Dak is a fourth rounder who is lighting everyone up now. Like, it's just a weird draft. I know. It's cr- I mean, even like the Broncos put in Paxton Lynch for a game. He wasn't that bad, you know. Cody Kessler didn't look that bad. It's weird. And then you look at last year when you have Mariota and Winston. And, uh, Winston. I almost said Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Winston. <laughs> Jesus. And like, they're like, I don't know, man. Like they're okay. They're not special or nothing. Well, look I mean, at they Mariota's have their games, team. right? Like, I mean, look at both their teams, Buccaneers too. At like, least, at least Winston has what I think is on on track to be one of the best receivers in the in the league with Mike Evans. If he can, if he's this concussion thing, he's had a couple of concussions. So, uh, I at least one. I think he's had one, but that's never a good sign whenever you have him this early. Um, and the Buccaneers at least have a solid defense. The Titans have nothing yeah they, they had can they they had can wasn't not <laughs> and mariota has already been hurt pretty bad well so. even even the year before that i mean blake bortles like what happened to him nothing the yeah Jaguars. he's, he's showing <laughs> so he got jagged yeah i guess that's another thing is this who you get drafted to but i mean you can turn a franchise like remember uh are the chargers drafted philip rivers grand they they haven't won a super bowl or anything but they've been like they've been competitive, competitive yeah. every year mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe one but Rivers is never talked about as like an elite QB. No. Uh, he probably should be, though. He probably he should, should be. be. Yeah. yeah. Not a whole lot of talent on the Chargers, really, ever. Antonio Gates, that's about it. Yeah. And what? Yeah. Uh, what's his Danny Woodhead? For one season, and then he went to the Jets. No, you're right. And, but then you got a guy like Drew Brees, speaking of the Chargers. What is he, like the fourth round? I See, I don't, this is the thing about Drew Brees. I think he's overrated. People hype him up, and I'm like, yeah, he had a couple good seasons. He won a Super Bowl, like after Katrina and stuff. But like, I've never seen Drew Brees is like that great. Like he's just like he's like above average. He know. put up five thousand yards in a season. That's what I mean. He had a couple of like standout seasons, but like I don't know. And a lot of that's to blame with the Saints because the Saints are just atrocious. Like they had the worst defense with, with Ex- uh, Rob Ryan. Exactly. He's like talk about never having like a a really solid team around you. Like. They traded off his best his best receiver uh, on the uh, Seahawks now. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Graham. Yeah. So, I mean, Kenny Stills, Miami got him. He's pretty solid. But, like, he's never really had a great team. I don't even know how they won the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. <laughs> that was all. Do you remember the, um, this is going a little off track. Do you remember the Panthers coach who said that they didn't want to be the team to beat the Saints because uh-huh. everyone, everyone in the country would hate them? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was like how uh, when the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees at, in the World Series at, in 2001, no one wanted to be that team. But, yeah. of course, Arizona, the one championship they win. Is Hell yeah, that's right. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> the one time everyone doesn't want the Yankees to lose. AZ. So we're all football fans here. Love sports ball. Sports ball. Do you guys have a miserable draft story? Um, what do you mean? Like just where you're watching the draft, you were amped, maybe your team had a high pick and you just wanted to see him to get someone good and it went all to shit. I got one. I mean, I kind of have one this year. Who'd they even draft this year? I don't remember. Well, in terms of... Well, you're like a three-team guy, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so here's the thing, okay? I, I started out Cowboys. 
because my dad's a big Cowboys fan. A couple uncles are Cowboys fans, and I have an uncle who's a Giants fan. I'm always like, fuck the Giants, go Cowboys. So, yeah, I've always liked Cowboys. Then, when I started, I actually started watching football. See, I didn't ever watch football until I started playing it in junior high. So, when I actually started paying attention, that was when the Ravens had, like, the monster defense, like Ray Lewis and, you know, Ed Reed and these guys. So, I was a big Ravens fan. I started, I latched on to the Ravens. Um, And then... I also paid attention to the Cardinals when I started watching football because they were on every every week, right? Mm-hmm. And I I think I was a fan around. It was like Denny Green was a coach. That's when I was a fan. I I mean I remember sitting in the Walgreens parking lot listening to the press conference after the game after they lost to the Bears because <laughs> I was like so hyped that they were actually going to win this game because the Bears were like decent back then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, like they can do it. Like we're going to get a win or. And like I remember sitting there, and he like goes off on you know the famous. We let them off the hook, right? And I was we just knew like, who they were. And we let them like, off the hook. Fuck the card. You want to crown them? Then crown them. Uh, yeah, like I've, I mean, I, so that's why I have three teams. I I like the Ravens for the defense. Cardinals I watch because they're on every week, and then also it's just easier to follow because you always hear the you know you tune in the sports radio here, and that's all you hear is Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So of course you got to support the hometown. So Cowboys, you know, I don't know. They're all in there, but this year. Uh, the Cardinals draft Robert Kimdichie, right? Now, I was a big fan of Darnell Dockett on the Cardinals um, defensive tackle. I met him at Lolo's once because he sent out a tweet and he bought me Lolo's chicken and waffles. It was awesome. Dude's sweet. Dude's awesome. I mean, not sweet like, you know, he's sweet. Oh, but we, like, know, just you, like, we know what you mean. <laughs> he's awesome. You know, I, I'm a big fan of him. All his tweets about like tweeting about jury duty, his posts on Instagram of like, you know, I, every <laughs> dude's out there, right? He's awesome. So when he left, I was devastated because like, you know, I, you know, people get old, they got to retire or whatever, but like, he's been, you know, one of my favorite players. Um, so then we get this guy, Kim who is supposed to be like, oh, he's like Darnell Doggett's replacement or whatever, you know? Uh, and he, I mean, he's done nothing, right? Do you know Kim Dietschy's story? About him falling out the window? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> Kim Dietschy coming out of high school. I remember this. So this would have been five years ago now uh coming out of high school he's supposed to be like the number one guy every college wanted him and he ended up going to Ole Miss yeah Ole Miss um so he originally chose South Carolina I believe it was and um and I only I only remember him because of his last name and I never knew how to say it but I I read all the articles back when this was happening he originally went to South Carolina and he was promised that if he committed to South Carolina, they would um, offer his friend, his best friend. And they basically, he got his friend a spot on the team. And then whenever he like pre-committed, I know they have like different stages to South Carolina. South Carolina basically like reneged on the offer. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, no, just you. <laughs> and so he changed his commitment to Ole Miss and because Ole Miss had promised him the same thing. And so he got his like best friend a spot on the guaranteed a spot on the team because by committing to them. Good guy, Kim Dietschy. <laughs> now, the only story I hear about him is that he got like super high and fell out a window yeah, from his that door. Was, that happened right before the draft. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, there's been tons of picks like that where they just overhyped. I mean, Jonathan Cooper, he's another one. Well, this but, year with Miami, they drafted the uh, Larry Tunsil who got who the video of him smoking weed was right, during right. the draft. <laughs> right. Well, he has, his Twitter just got hacked again this past weekend. Or his Instagram. Did you see that? He yeah. just needs to shut it down. It's hilarious. Shut what, it down. Whoever wrote it is just hilarious. It was pretty good. It it's was a like, good hack. Yeah, it's like... So what team is he on? Is he on the Dolphins? Dolphins yeah. He's like, fuck the Dolphins three. and their money. I'll take their money and retire <laughs> right now and fucking fuck those guys. <laughs> like, it was clearly like someone just yeah. stupid. But He just needs to shut it down. <laughs> Social media, shut it down. What is your uh my horror draft story? Yeah. It's so vivid. I don't remember the exact year, but oh, I do. It was 2000 it would have been 2006. <clears throat> so, little backstory on it. 2006, there's a quarterback named Brady Quinn tearing it up at Notre Dame. Oh, hell yeah. Jesus. And cover mad. Just tearing it up. Just tearing it up. This kid is just lighting it up. And I'm like, "Man, Miami's going to have a high draft pick cuz they're pretty much terrible every year." And they ended up getting, I believe, the seventh pick in the draft. Don't quote me on the exact numbers. Well, this uh, I don't know if you've heard of these two college teams, but they're Michigan and Ohio State. 
Uh, they play every Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, I'm it's fairly a, familiar. It's kind of it's, a big game. It sounds familiar. I might yeah, know it, some fans. Yeah, it tends it tend it tends to you know create a little bit of buzz. At, oh, fucking hate Ohio State. <laughs> so it's happening tomorrow, ironically. So this huge game has between Michigan and Ohio State. There were they were ranked one and two or something like that, and basically the winner was the Big Ten champ or something like that. Yeah, it was ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and this is another huge one, the one coming up tomorrow. Well, I don't know if you the game, but it was actually a pretty stellar game. Yeah. Pretty good football game. Mm-hmm. Really tight. And this one guy named Ted Ginn Jr. returns a punt return or kickoff, takes it to the house. They win the game. I hate that guy. Breaks his foot in the celebration. That's right. You heard me. Broke his foot in the celebration. Oops. So the draft comes around. And Miami needs a quarterback. They needed, they've needed a quarterback for we're going on 20 years now. Um, <clears throat> and the draft is going and the draft is going and people are getting picked and it's getting down to crunch time. And I'm like, man, Brady Quinn's still on board. Now, granted, hindsight, Brady Quinn didn't work out. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to remember how desperate we were. And I think er- this is why fan bases get so worked up because you get so desperate especially after a bad season, especially after a 1 and 15, 0 and 16, 2 and 14. Like you have to go through the whole season watching your team lose. I thought I was set up for another one this year. I'm so stoked that they got 5 in a row cuz they have a shot at 500 now. And I didn't think they did when they were 1 and 4. And uh the Southern's going. I'm like, "Oh my god, the team before us picks Brady Quinn still on the board." I remember texting my boss at the time. He's a huge You've probably seen him. He goes to every Cardinals game. He dresses up like a bird. He has the face paint, yellow beak, red eyes. Oh, really? That's my. That was my boss at Barrows. He still works there. Um, he was on season tickets one year. It's like his life achievement. <laughs> um, I remember texting him like, "Dude, Quinn's a fin." I was so stoked. I was like, I, I even created a hashtag before hashtags exist, existed. <laughs> and he texted me. He's like, "Dude, you're getting Brady Quinn. You guys are getting Brady Quinn." He's like, "This is great. He's gonna be a lock. He's a lock. He's gonna be great in the NFL." Hyping, Roger Goodell hyping each other up like <laughs> Roger Goodell there. gets up there, pick is in. They picked fast too. I think they picked in like half the time they they get. With this pick in the NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins take Ted Ginn Jr. out of Ohio State University. I crumbled. I was in utter shock. I didn't know how this happened. Ted Ginn Jr. The guy who broke his foot. He broke his foot. <laughs> the only highlight, they, the only highlight they had of him was him returning the punt and breaking his foot at the end. And that's my that's my draft horror story. I think Quinn got selected like two picks later by the Browns. He didn't work out. Ginn's been, I guess, okay. He's been serviceable as a receiver. He was terrible on Miami. He's good once he got to Carolina. So he terrible on Arizona too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He was even in Arizona for atrocious. Yeah. And then he gets to Carolina. He does good. They get to the Super Bowl. Whatever. I think he did good because he was like the only receiver after Kelvin. He was the only receiver hurt. in Miami. Yeah. Uh-huh. We had, I think, Chris Chambers at the time. Uh, I don't even know who that guy is. Yeah. Well, he was an old Cardinal. Uh, That's another thing. My Don't sound familiar. I think David Boston, too, was another guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember him. My the We traded for him, and my boss was like, oh, David Boston, that's a, great, that's a good guy. And I was like, yeah. Tell it to the dropped passes. <laughs> <laughs> At least he had a good football name. <laughs> David Boston. <laughs> Somehow Miami always gets the Cardinals second. Like <laughs> like sloppy seconds. So the Cardinals are like Pittsburgh West. Miami is like Arizona East. <laughs> yeah. That's my draft horror story. It was that was like the worst. And then they picked, like, two years later, they picked Jake Long, number one. And I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple, like, a couple more years later, they paid Ndamukong Sue, like... Oh, my quarterback, God. Quarterback money. I was out of town. My brother texted me. He's like, you guys got Sue. And I was like, what was the contract? And he texted me in details. And I was like, that's horrible. Too much money. Oh, my God. And I knew they were going to do it. I knew they were going to overpay for him. Well, they were going to pay for him. They were going to have to overpay because someone would have. And for whatever reason, Miami's like... You know what we need to do? Let's pay a lot of people way too much money. We already had there. We're not getting into that. We're talking about drafts. 
You know that speaking of contracts, that helps with I think that helps negate a little bit the whole draft bust thing now because they redid the rookie contract scale. Because before you guys like Sam Bradford were getting like sixty million dollars right out of college. That's a good and point. A lot of other players drafted number one were getting like sixty million dollars guaranteed coming right out of college. The rookies, now, yeah. Now it's not nearly as much, and then it's not guaranteed the the small amount now that they get. Yeah, the rookie scale has has changed it quite a bit. And yeah, you're right. I remember the Bradford signing, and I remember yeah. seeing the money he got, and I was just like, because before, if you got that kind of money guaranteed. Even if you flamed out in a year, your team was still paying you or paying them that kind of money for you years. Had, you had to keep them for four years. So it hurt the, sal- the, the salary cap for that long. And now it's not as much. That's Ryan Leaf money. That's Ryan Leaf money. You had that money locked in. You had to keep those rookies for four years no matter mm-hmm. how they performed because with the you, their agents were negotiating these crazy guaranteed money contracts, yeah. which in football guaranteed money is rare and kind of, I mean dumb anyway like football is such an injury riddled sport so um yeah i think there i think it's changing but i still think there's enormous amount of pressure on these guys when they come in i just i feel like it's still just i honestly i think it has to be one of the scariest things to, in any sport to take to do a number one pick yeah because i i'm thinking like if my if my team is drafting number one overall i want them to draft a guy that's not just going to be a starter right away not just going to be a starter for 10 years I want them to draft someone that's going to be a Hall of Famer. You want a fran- yeah, you want a Cause, franchise because every every single draft class, every single year has at least three, if not more, future Hall of Famers. So if you're drafting number one, you damn sure better pick one of those you know future Hall of Famers. And there, and one of the reasons it sets them back is because you're a if you're picking number one, you're coming off a bad season already, um, and usually a couple bad seasons. No one really just goes in the tank in one season. Like you usually have kind of a slow decline, and b if the draft if it doesn't work out and they they suck, you have one maybe two years of your job left as a GM and a coach. Like yep. you you're getting people fired if you're not a good number one draft pick. Well, and if you draft a quarterback number one, you know, let's say this year, and you play him in the following year and he's shit, you can't just get rid of him. You have to play him the next year too because you have to make sure you can't just discard him after a year because yeah. you spent a number one pick. You invested a lot of time and money into him. You know, you hold on to him for three, maybe even four years. And in that time, you don't draft another quarterback because you're still banking on the first guy you drafted. I so mean, meanwhile, you're bypassing all these other quarterbacks that could be a starter because you're still holding on to the past. Look at the Redskins who even bucked the system. They drafted Griffin one and Kirk Cousins in, in round four. Yeah. But and now it seems to be working out with Cousins. He's playing well. They had a pretty solid season last year. It looks like they're having a pretty solid season this year. He's put together a good couple of seasons, but they couldn't start him for the first three years because yep. they had to give Robert griffin the right the right amount of dude yeah. like you they use that pick and that that money on him and the the patriots the they've had brady now for a long time over a decade but they'll still draft quarterbacks as early as the third round because Garoppolo, yeah because, jacob brisket uh ryan mallet because they're hoping that with the whole you know patriots culture bs that if you can <laughs> if you can have a backup quarterback on the patriots Matt play Castle. behind yeah if you can have him play in the preseason, or if Brady goes down like Matt Castle, he, he stepped in, then you can trade him and get a first round, oh, yeah, second no. round, third round pick. That's really smart. The Patriots are genius at this. They draft quarterbacks with the sole intention of knowing they're going to be able to trade them for yep. two draft picks down the road. It's insane. They did it with Castle. Mm-hmm. They did it. They're, they did it with Mallet. They're going to do it with um, Garoppolo. Garoppolo, like because Brady, that dude's going to play for another five years. This kid's insane. Well, yeah. this old man, this grandpa. <laughs> I would I would gladly pick up Jacob Jacob Brisket or Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> through a trade. I don't think his name is Brisket. It's, it's definitely not Jacob either. It's Jacoby <laughs> Brissett. Brissett. I know. I just like saying Jake, Jake, Jacob Brisket. It's making me hungry. Sounds uh, funny. <laughs> I'm fucking hungry too. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we we should just sum it up. Let's 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 sum it up this way quickly. For each of us, what do you think is the worst draft? The worst draft bust that you can you've seen, Todd. Um, I would say it's it's got to be Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, it's got to be the because he had an okay career at LSU. You know the big the big arm, some of the running tangibles where you could see size. Okay, okay, he was yeah, huge man. Yeah, you could see. Okay, maybe maybe he could turn into something he's got the potential he was huge before he got fat yeah 
<laughs> and then he went to the Raiders, which is at, not so much now, but at the time, that's just the worst possible murder. spot to go to for, for any position, any, t- Remember any kind of player. Remember that Randy Moss went there, downhill. Yeah. Goes to the Patriots, MVP season. Yeah. They, uh, they've turned things around lately, but back then, they just I don't think it mattered. Uh, Tom Brady could have gone to the Raiders, and he would have flamed out, I think. They, that's just a black the hole. The system was so bad, yeah. Hey, but, that's funny, because that's their, <laughs> that's their thing. <laughs> I know. They want to um, be the black hole. But there's also guys like Trent Richardson, who did really well at Alabama, got drafted third, and he's, he's been, out of league. He's, he's been not just bad, but one of the worst running backs in football when he was playing, mm-hmm. and he now he can't even... He can't even get a job in the NFL. Yeah. And the Colts were stupid enough to trade, I think, a first round, maybe a second round pick for him. I think it was a second. When he had done nothing, nothing but shit for years, and they still traded a high draft pick for him. It's, it's unbelievable. And then, of course, my last one, uh, Tim Tebow, because fuck, <laughs> fuck Tim Tebow. That guy's a joke. Won a playoff game. Gets the Steelers. That's right. Yeah. Professional baseball player, Tim That was Tebow. one of my favorite days bartending ever. I wore Steelers or I wore a Tim Tebow jersey. Someone got me as a joke, and I was in a bar full of Steelers fans bartending, and he rips off that last play. <laughs> and I was like washing dishes or something. And I was kind of like looking at the TV, and he it, it you can see it's going to be a touchdown. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and talk about getting no tips. <laughs> I, I went from a twenty percent tip day to like a ten, just like that. And I, I was okay with it. It was the best thing I've ever seen. Josh, do you is your is your still Matt Leinart? Is that just because the Cardinals um, fandom? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I honestly, I think like almost. I would say like eighty percent of the people in the first round they get drafted end up being like either dump or meh. You know no, what I mean? feel. I I honestly feel like what happens is this, a good chunk of them wash out and are, and are terrible and just don't work out. The largest percentage of them just kind of are football players for like five or six years. Right. They're just and like, they're just, you man, don't whatever. hear a whole ton about them after their first year. Um, and they just kind of go through and. Yeah. Because when I think about like the Cardinals, I think a lot of their first round picks at, in the last like five, six years have been miss. And like the real money has come from like second, third, fourth round. Like those are the gems. It honestly seems like if you can be good at picking in the later rounds, then the first round pick isn't as bad or stressful, but right. See if, okay. When you bank everything on the first round, it's, if I was a GM, I would, I would, I would go by that law that, uh, Josh's postulate of the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds, focusing on that and trading my first round pick to stupid Shore teams up. like the Browns to get more. I don't do that. If I had like a top five pick, well, that's, that's exactly what the Patriots do. Every single year, they mm-hmm. trade their first round pick almost every single year. They pick up, you know, maybe like next year's first round, and then this year's second and third or whatever. But they, they, there was one year where they traded like eight times, and they yeah, had like twelve that. picks, you know. And they, because because the draft is a lottery, you have a better chance of getting a hit if you have more numbers, you know, more yeah. more numbers. Can't win if you don't play. Exactly. Yep. And then you um, have guys like the Rams that will trade up and spend three or four draft picks. Are the to get Redskins with? Griffin did the same yeah, thing to the yeah. Rams. I would say um biggest draft bust. I almost I almost want want to say Tim Tebow <laughs> because <laughs> like I mean I mean don't dude's a good guy like he's a hard worker and stuff but he's just not he's never an NFL quarterback. He's just not going to work, yeah. <laughs> like he he had an amazing college career. One of the all-time great college but careers. But I think and I think Jamarcus Russell from the outside is is the biggest bust, but not really because, like I said, the only people who thought he should be picked number one were the people who picked him. He would have never gotten. He wouldn't have gotten picked in the first three rounds. I, I was also unless the Raiders say, had picked. I, I was thinking like Vince Young too. Like that's another dude that you know came in pretty good, and then he just kind of fizzled and went kind of crazy, and then off the deep end. Well, Twitter. you know, and he showed some flashes, and he was. Not, I mean, it was good when and, he was good. You and, know what I mean? And towards the end of his stupid. NFL career, he wasn't he wasn't great, but he was okay. He was winning some games. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, no one wanted to sign him. He just kind of fizzled out. But, I would say, and you know, this may not be like a surprise because of how small he was, but Johnny Manziel, I mean, that dude was fun to watch at AM. Yeah. The way he ran around and but I mean the NFL is just not that type of game, so it's not really expected. But just the hype. Around like oh they picking they picking Manziel I would even say um 
you know, thinking recently, Geno Smith is another guy who. Oh, but he he was another one though going in, and I I remember being like, that dude just isn't. Well, Manzel for me, Manzel's thing was his size. Like I I thought this, and it that's how it worked out. The second he got drilled. He was rattled. Yeah, and he, then, he woke up and was like, "Oh, can't do this like, shit These anymore. guys are huge." <laughs> well, there was maturity issues with him. Well, too. yeah, and then even, he had even in college, his off-field issues are still happening. He's like a team Z fixture. And, and, he's for, not even and for all teams to draft a guy with maturity issues, it was the Browns. Yeah, that's the worst team. He needs to go to some. Their best player is like the Patriots. Not even can't even play. Josh Gordon is their best player. Yeah, and he can't even play right now. He's been he's on like his fifth suspension. For me, I still think it's Ryan Leaf because I remember the I remember the conversation and just looking how different it would have been if the Colts would have taken him number one. I mean, Bill Polian is a hall of famer because he drafted Peyton Manning number one. Like, and he's a, he's a hall of famer as a GM, but it's only because he drafted Peyton Manning as number one. Yeah. But if he would have drafted Ryan Leaf, the Colts would have never had the run they had. And the Chargers might be that like, cause I think Peyton Manning was one of those guys that was any, any situation he was going to be a hall of famer. Like you were saying, there's two or three of them in every draft, mm-hmm. and I think he was one of them. Um, and fortunately, like durability lived up to it. He didn't get hurt till the end of his career. Um, I think that's going to be Andrew Luck's only thing. If he he just needs to find a way to sit healthy, he needs an offensive line. Yeah, but he's one of those guys that, barring injury, he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. But with injury, it does become a bust. That's that's to see. Um, but that that's the one I remember because I, I feel like people revisionists don't don't look back and remember that. But there were guys like Mel Kuyper. I don't know if it was specifically Mel Kuyper, but guys like that saying, no, Ryan Leaf should be number one. And I bet those guys look back and go, dodged a bullet on that guy. Speaking of Mel Kuyper, I just saw my notes. He said that Jamarcus Russell was the next John Elway. <laughs> well, never mind. I guess I was wrong. And that should be that should close it. Um, uh, next episode, hopefully we're going to do... I, I want to do Bigfoot. I want to get a little... Hell yeah. Little less. Oh, speaking of that, I saw your guys' conversation on Twitter. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. You Dude. like that? Who's who's the one? I think it was you that said expect another downer episode. Yep, a Debbie Downer. Dude, from no you. way. Bigfoot is the shit, man. All well, right. Okay, no spoilers. Okay. No spoilers. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Save it. Save I'm it. all about the Sasquatch. I think the fun thing about doing episodes like Bigfoot and UFOs is it's going to be a lot, lot less like research heavy and a lot more kind of our own yeah. feeling and mm-hmm. our own experience and everything. Um, but anyway, so I think I want to do Bigfoot next. Uh, we'll try to sneak it in whenever we can. That's kind of hard on holidays. So. <laughs> I was like, Josh, Jesus, he's going to hate us. <laughs> um, for now, uh, where can we reach you, uh, Todd, if we want to? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TG Mitch, T underscore G underscore M I T C H. Josh, anything? Uh, obviously versus. Yeah. Check out me and Todd's other podcasts about movies where we yell at each other and fight. This last week's episode was a Tom Hanks off where we yeah, played Green I Mile. I haven't got to listen to it yet. And Forrest Gump against some, each other. Uh, some hot takes were thrown out there for uh, for the Tom Hanks Very off. hot takes. Best discussion, I think, yet. Can Check I it out. Versuspodcast.com. I think Forrest Gump is way overrated. Oh, my God. You and Todd are fucking Zane, that's why I love perfect you. Perfect friends. Oh, no way. You're so great. Between yes. between that and then you saying earlier that you hate Ohio State. I fucking I'm in love, State. man. Anyway, uh, you can find me, ZaneSimon.com, ZaneTalk.com, and TheBreakdownPod.com. Thanks, guys. We're out.